Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheelers, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Happy Friday to our listeners. Yes, absolutely. I'm excited because uh, football season, it feels like it's really starting this weekend. We have our fantasy football draft tonight. We have uh, Chiefs 49ers preseason game tomorrow night. There will be no bets or bragging rights. What? What I was going to say, I was asking if we were going to bet on it. Oh, we're not betting really? on it. Why are we bet on a preseason game for a team I don't even really like? Like, why would we do that? I'm a legacy yeah. fan, not a now I, fan. I think, honestly, like, the betting odds might favor fan. your guys' team anyway. I, yeah. Like, if Mahomes plays, honestly, like, I just might be upset. I don't want to see yeah, him you'd be mad. in the preseason. And then, like, for you guys, your backup quarterback is actually your good quarterback. So Exactly. Yeah, right? No, I agree. We don't need to bet. We don't need to bet. But I'm excited because it, it does feel like last weekend, like the Hall of Fame game, like, yeah, it's football. I was excited for the game. I, I was telling Melo I didn't watch any of the Hall of Fame stuff because it's just not my thing. But it, it does feel good to have football back. And also, we are, as we record, bless you, as we record here on the 12th of August, you guys are listening on uh, Friday the 13th, that means we're one month away exactly from our tailgate tour kickoff at Arrowhead for Browns at Chiefs, Lot J. Okay. Um, we've been telling you all about it. Saturday night, we're going to do a, a pregame party at Atomic Cowboy. Melo's got his hat behind him on the shelf ready to go. Six o'clock for Arkansas versus Texas. We'll watch some college football. We'll have some drinks. They have amazing pizza. And then we'll go to bed nice and early, I'm sure. Wake up, go tailgate <laughs> for six hours at the Chiefs game. So it'll be a great time. we got a great crew that's going to meet you there. Manscaped is, of course, sponsoring it. Mid-America RV is hosting it. So we're going to have some swag to give away from Boulevard and Manscaped and lots of free beers, Mello. Lots of free be- Also, update, I drink Bush Light now. What? I don't, I don't know when this happened. But it, it's okay. a thing now. I have. A few things. Go what for do, it, What do you... Nope. I have I a conspiracy gonna... theory, but it's just about beer. So you go. Oh, no, I'd love to hear this conspiracy theory, but we're going to circle back that tomorrow's Friday the 13th, and I didn't realize it. Okay, go ahead. I've been thinking about it all week. That's what I've been doing. Um, so Matt was saying how he drinks Bush Light now. I actually have a conspiracy that Natty Light and Bush Light are the same beer. They're just put into different cans. And I don't think the great folks at Anheuser would ever come out and be like, yeah, actually, you're right. This is like a GMC versus Chevy situation. It's just a different <laughs> badge that's put on there. And certain One's people fancier. be like, I can't believe you drink that shit. Like, it's the same beer. I've, I've drank them, uh, you know, like back-to-back at tailgates pretty much my whole life. Being right here on the border of Kansas and Missouri, it, mm-hmm. you go anywhere and you can find Natty Light and Bush Light. It's the same beer. In different cans. Well, we did move the beer fridge upstairs in my house for one last hurrah moving out this weekend. Yeah, I know. Fantasy football draft, then moving out. Not great timing on my part, but the the fridge is stocked with Natty and Bush Light, and I'm going to do a taste test. I'm just going to. Yeah. I think we you should, should pour it into a clear cup so you guys can see, like, consistency, too. It's, like, colors the same mm-hmm. and all of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. 
You're welcome. Like, if there is a difference, it's not much. I just feel that way about... This is going to sound so bad. I feel that way about all domestic beer, though. Like, I feel like it all tastes the same. Like, every... I don't know. To me, it just is basically the same beer. Really? Oh, yeah, man. I, well, it's because so, I don't drink it enough to be able to tell yeah. the difference. Like, I drink... And that's all I drink. <laughs> I drink Bud Heavies right. on on uh, 4th yeah. of July, and that's that. And then I only drink Bud Light when I'm with you guys. So, <laughs> other than that... Or Michelob. But other than that, yeah, I really Ultra. don't... But other than that, I really don't drink beer. So, I can tell I you would, I be the Miller worst Light to taste. Bud Light. Same. I course light, it depends on how many I've had. <laughs> because if I've had like four beers, I can't tell the difference in anything. <laughs> my my plan true of any drink. for the fantasy mm-hmm. football draft, wow, we're going way off topic today. <laughs> I'm going to drink two Tank 7s and then coast with vodka the rest of the night. Isn't, <laughs> isn't it liquor before beer in the clear, beer before liquor, never been sicker? I, would, I thought it was liquor before, yeah, liquor before beer in the clear. I don't really, that doesn't matter for me. I'm... I'm a veteran. I mean, it's about to be Friday the 13th. You do not want to jinx yourself on that, okay? Are you guys superstitious? Sorry, no. Don't. I'm a little superstitious. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) I I teed it up for you and you just had to lob it. Um, I am a little bit. I am. I am so superstitious. So superstitious. So I will just be making sure I'm all good tomorrow. Just, I'm going wine tasting. What could go wrong? But if something does go wrong, I'm sure that you're going to be like, Friday the 13th. It's like Mercury why. being in retrograde, or as I like to say, oh, Mercury's God, in Gatorade. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> or like, oh, there's a full moon. It's like, okay, the full your moon thing, man. Um, like, just get your kids some Ritalin. Nope, that one's, I gotta agree to disagree with you on that one. That is a real thing. Full moon. Mercury. With full kids moon. It's being... ridiculous. Because I, it's not even like the kids that have ADD, like me. It's not like, oh, Melo's just gonna act wild on full moon. It's every kid like even like yourself i bet if you really like tracked it you could be like man like why did i get so rowdy last night full moon like you can tell or it, you know when i was 30. teaching Mello, when Mello i was teaching like on a, calendar in his phone and just like no i used to when i was rails. teaching i literally did we would track it and be like when is a full moon when is it going to happen and because you could tell like the kids would start to just get a little little rowdy and you'd be like oh okay full moon's coming i've even talked to lawyers uh, i was at a baseball game and was sitting close to one, and we walked out, same exit, and he was like, oh, shit, there's a full moon tonight. That means I'm going to be super busy tomorrow. And we started talking about it. He's like, yeah, it's it's a real thing. We even see it in adults. Like, more people will just get arrested, and he knew he was going to have a busy day, full moon. I love that you were, I was trying to figure out why it mattered that you talked to a lawyer specifically about this. Like, there's yeah. some superiority that well, they, like, know more about. They learn it in but... law school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know when I worked in the hospital, it was like, we'll see a lot of, uh, like, um, people going to labor when there's a full moon. So. Ooh. Well, I don't know if you guys know this. Paige, maybe you have an idea. Uh, the moon affects the ladies a little bit more than it does the fellas. Yes. Yes. That is true. The Girl dad. That is true. You guys, Girl we should probably talk about football. Um, no, no much, I think this is what people want. <laughs> right, I was just talking about this. Um, we Mello does science. This is, for you. Actually, I love that idea. Mello teaches. Explain to me like I'm five. Um, How about this? Right. Mello the science fellow. Right. She got Bill Nye the science guy. Uh-huh. Just saying. be about it. All right, okay. guys. We're going to talk ahead, about... Please. Football. Well, sort of. It's a reality TV show-ish that is football, that is hard knocks, that we love. 
But um, the Dallas Cowboys are on this season. Um, I personally thought it was a great episode to start. It, I was in, interested that they really focused on, like, the popular guys that we already know. Because um, normally they have, like, an underdog or somebody. Maybe we'll get to that. But we also learned a lot of things about Dak and his return, his injury. That's not so much an injury type thing. Um, but one of the biggest takeaways that I have to say is Micah Parsons' mom is a star. And also somebody, the fact that um, Zeke has been on this earth for, what, 26 years now and has never wrapped a present just seems very, very interesting to me. So that was, those were my two. every single guy ever trying to wrap a present and he's like YouTubing it and like no idea what he's doing. It was amazing. It was, um, the, I, it was the athletes are just like us moment in that show for sure. I loved that. I knew that Zeke and Dak were close. I don't think I had any idea how close they were. And, like, that was cool to see. Just, like, yeah. whatever you think about them as players, if you're a fan of the Cowboys or not, like, I feel like that's almost infectious to see, like, how, like, close they are and how good of friends they are. My favorite part of Hard Knocks, though, was the lead-in to, like, one thing all players fear, getting cut. And then they're talking about John Fossil's vasectomy and his vasectomy reversal. Snip, snap, snip, snap. That was, like... You don't normally get dry comedy on Hard Knocks. That was yeah. good. And so, well, if they can get away from the formula that's been there for so long, I honestly, I did not watch episode one because it's like, it's, this is the same story, new team. It's the same reason why I didn't watch The Bachelorette this season. It's like, okay, new face, same story. Like, it's, it's just laid out for you. Here's the success formula, and they're going to do it. But, I mean, if they're mixing things up, they're not giving you that heartfelt story of the guy who's eventually going to be cut – like maybe I will tune in for week two, but I, I did not watch week one. Yeah, I I mean, I thought it was good. I do enjoy, like, I mean, and maybe this is because I do watch a decent amount of reality TV, but um, I enjoy getting to know them as people, and I think that's just me in general. Like, I mean, I Micah Parsons didn't play his senior year or his last year of eligibility, so I, like, didn't really get to see him play. Sort of nice to see him in a role that he seems comfortable with. Um, with Dak, like him discussing all of the things that sort of happened with his injury. Also, can we please talk about that they showed his injury? Oh, like, yes. And the dude, fact that, how did oh I miss this God. when it happened? No. Mello, since you didn't watch. So he hurts his ankle and he's going through it and he's like, I really thought I just like dislocated it. He grabs his fucking foot and slams <laughs> it on the turf trying to pop it back in place. It, oh. Whoops, that's I didn't not going to go back. That. It was but, so... And then I he's mean, like, oh, yeah, I had two surgeries. We kept that quiet. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, he you had, had two, two surgeries? Um, but the fact that – and you see him grab his foot and just slam it on the turf, like trying to wake it back up or pop it in place. It's like that's a different level of tough. And you might yeah. think sitting at home eating your pork rinds, watching football, that you're a badass because you were a 1A letterman as a senior. No, this <laughs> man slammed his foot on the turf to pop it back in place. Which with means the bone he's sticking probably out of the done skin. it before. And, like, it worked for him. Like, had a shoulder problem. Was like, well, I know what I have to do here. Jams it up against the wall. Like, I've seen guys do that before. So, uh, yeah. for him to try that move again, like, it had to have been mm. successful once. It I literally gave me PTSD because I remember, like, where I was sitting and, like, the reaction to me seeing him get initially hurt. 
and just like how like I'm so squeamish there was just no way that I was gonna yep. was prepared to watch that again and when he's talking about it you just don't think you think they're gonna show him going down but they're not gonna show like the leg like literally being sideways and I was like no 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 like I was not right. fully prepared not fully prepared Growing had some popcorn up through in it the Willis McGahee era you're just like Ugh. oh that's a bad injury but Dax was was bad I feel like I the mean, last couple of years, like the last two, three years, it's just been getting worse and worse. Like, for cameras are getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some pretty bad ones. Watching the Kevin Ware one was pretty disgusting in um, mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. And then Even that, like, Jordan. thank God there were 4K cameras around when that happened. I, especially because the bone was, like, literally out of his mm-hmm. leg. So, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just not, I'm about. so bad with, I'm so, I mean, we Blake and I talked about this when you guys were gone, but, like, I don't usually watch UFC fights because I legitimately like am oh, so squeamish, and I watched and I, I well I story for another time, but I did have an incident where like I saw an injury and was like working, and I like literally had to like lay down because I was like sweating so badly because it was so bad. But I I watched a fight with him, and sure enough, Conor McGregor like snapped his leg, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm never watching these fights that again. That wasn't even that bad. Like he just that's like, so gross to me. And the thing is, I can't get it out of my head. Once I've, like, seen it, it's just, like, in there. So, like, anytime no, someone tweets the picture, be. yeah, it's so gross. I cannot. I am literally the most squeamish person of all time. So, I don't. That's the reason I'm I don't gonna watch I'm going to make, like, fights. an Instagram story today, like, a swipe through of, like, my favorite injuries of all time. Why would you do that? I Joe think the cool. one is pretty good. I'm going to block you. That is just. Like, oh, you're already muted, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> I do think that. No, it's like it's amazing that our bodies can just break like that, and then they'll be like, "Oh, let's put it back together." Some rods yeah. and some pins. I mean, I, as someone and... who has a T plate and three screws to keep their their big toe on, I totally get that. Did you guys know that? I did not. I knew you were a draft dodger. I just didn't know how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know to that shoot I... your pinky toe off, Paige. I've never your told big this toe. story. Your big toe's important. Your big toe is important. You need to I've balance. And let me it, just so say, yeah, my balance is off. Well, it includes football. I was at the Iowa Arizona State or Arizona State game. Wow, I was at the Iowa game at Arizona when I was a freshman, and I was standing in the bleachers, and someone like was drunk. By the way, I was sober. Someone was drunk walking behind me. Probably wouldn't hurt myself if I was drunk, but um, someone was walking behind me, and I was like going to step down on the bleacher, and he knocked me like right as I was stepping, and so I just like full on kicked the bleacher in front of me. Ooh. And I I just remember getting, like, really hot and being, like, guys, I'm going to, like, my vision, like, started to go a little bit because I was in so much pain. And it looked like I just, like, stubbed my toe and, like, hurt the, like, nail or whatever. But I was, like, legitimately, like, okay, I'm, like, guys, I might pass out. Like, this hurts really, really bad. So I ended up going up to the, um, like, medics or whatever. And they're, like, oh, you just broke your big toe. They, like, tape it to the other one. There was, like, there was, like, there was really not much you can do. Um, for, stick. <laughs> yeah, they literally were like, oh, there's not much you can do. And I'm like, okay, cool. But also we were we were winning and it was an upset because Iowa was ranked. And so I was like, they're like, well, we can like roll you down to the exit. And I was like, no, I'm actually, is it okay if I like watch the end of the game? So they like rolled me up to like the handicap section and I watched over the student section as upset um, Iowa. So that was a big, big football girl, if you will. Um, but then two days later I went to the emergency room and then the orthopedic surgeon and the guy's like so you completely shattered your big toe you're gonna have to have surgery and I was like literally three weeks into college and I'm like hysterically crying like he tells me I have to have surgery and I started hysterically crying in his office and I was like what what do you mean because I thought it was fine I just thought it was like eventually gonna grow back and be fine or whatever um and like heal 
Um, but no, so now I have a T-plate and three screws in my left big toe, and I had to wear a boot around campus for uh, the next what, month and a half after that. Um, and by the way, I had just started dating somebody 10 days before that happened. So he like got a, a girlfriend in college, and 10 days later she was in a boot, so that was mm-hmm. cute. Ruined um, his social life. Right. I'm glad that we're talking about nothing we plan to talk about today. Yeah. We are we are like 20 minutes into this podcast today. We've just gotten nowhere. Talked about nothing. You is know, there's not moon? that much to talk about anyway. So no, let's just really enjoy isn't. it today. There isn't. But that also relates to football because I was very much like, and that just like a lot of people tell that story to be like, this is how obsessed Paige is with sports. I was like, I'm not leaving. We're about to upset. I want no chance. No chance that this is happening. So... I was Freshman at a football year. game once that I didn't want to leave, and they made me. So. <laughs> yeah, see, yours involved <laughs> little alcohol bit different. and urine. Yeah, a little different. Right. Um, I did not inflict this injury. And also, I wish I would know would have known who knocked me over because I would have given him a piece of my mind. But I still don't know to this day. But he was wobbling. So that's my fun story. And actually, I will find the picture and post it on social media this weekend of me. Because I am going back to Arizona next week. I will be in Tucson. Ooh, um, that's right. Travel I know, mode. my brother's turning 21. Also, happy early birthday to Haley Miller, who is turning 21 as well. She doesn't listen to the show. I'm telling her. <laughs> I'm going to tell her, text her, and tell her to listen to the show. But anyway, you but make yes. it 20 minutes through the bullshit, and then Speaking of bullshit, um, apparently there's these Nebraska uniforms that are going around the internet that are the big red uniforms, and they're like overalls. And apparently they're fake but I don't know. It really hasn't been confirmed. Confirmed that they're fake, and I won't believe that they're fake until the day that they said they were supposed to do it against Oklahoma. So I just would like to throw that out there. Did you guys see them? I did. I did. Yeah. Like the overall look is bad. I don't it's hate it so... because it's not my team. Like it would be funny. And honestly, What's Nebraska has rolled out some worse uniforms. The thing is, like Adidas is this bad at uniforms that I could be like, yep, yeah. Uh, I can see it. That's why everyone believes it is because yeah. it's like you. We've seen so many. It's not even just like Adidas. We've seen so many bad uniforms in in college anyway. That people even NFL. We've seen really yeah. bad football uniforms, but this like for sure mm-hmm. takes a cake because I think Big Red also looks like a gigantic baby. So like I don't understand why they'd be like, yeah, let's put overalls and like it has like the white sleeves with like the. It just looks really really bad. So if you have not seen it, please go get it. Yeah, it's, I know. I have a Nebraska fan who's a friend of mine and if those jerseys are real i'm buying one for him and i will oh, expect yeah. one robert forrest to wear i mean i think you can only you have to wear it with the pants too though like the pants need <laughs> yeah. like the little dip at the hip like where it looks like you're too fat to button all three so like if you're from the midwest <laughs> right. you know what i'm talking yeah. about where you can't get your overalls buttoned all the way so like you got like maybe one on one side none on the other that are snapped mm-hmm. that's what these pants need to have because I'm not throwing shade. Last time we tailgated and I had to wear my bibs, not all three of those fuckers buttoned. I'm working on it, okay? Like, <laughs> sorry. Bibs. Big air fryer guy. Big air fryer guy. This is true. I figured. I figured not talking about football. Today. I know. I was just. I was literally just trying to see if I could get you off on another tangent. Um, you, all right, guys. Today we you can, definitely can. 
I, yeah, I feel like today it, it's, it might be a full moon. It might be Mercury's in retrograde, all the things, Friday the 13th episode. It's just supposed to be a weird one. Um, something that I was talking about with someone uh, recently was about preseason games and what you should actually look for in preseason games. Because, again, it's not necessarily starters and things like that. So what is it that you guys would suggest for people watching their team play during preseason? What are things they should focus on? What are things they should not take into consideration and overreact about? I it's look mostly for <laughs> what? It's a waxing crescent moon. I bet that's anyway. the problem. Um, I look for athleticism. Like I just want to look for people, like players who stand out with their speed or their agility or their strength. Like it's not like when you're watching quarterbacks, you can't get too sucked in on like the completion percentage because they're they might be throwing to people they haven't really thrown a whole lot with in practice because you're going to get that mixture of. We might see Trey Lance with the ones. We might see Justin Fields with the ones where they haven't been with them in practice a lot. Or we might see them, you know, we might see Trevor Lawrence with the twos where he's maybe not been with them in practice a whole lot. So I don't get super caught up at that. But I I think there are moments where you can look back at people in the preseason and be like, oh, yeah, okay, like they balled out. Um, I I think it was NFL did something on, on Instagram the other day, and it was like Stephon Diggs punt returns his rookie year in the preseason. And it was just like, holy shit, like, yeah, you could tell that this guy was special. So I just look for that. I look for just guys who make plays and then if they can follow it up. I know, Melo, you know this story well. I remember the first time I saw Terrell Davis, Hall of Fame running back play, they, the Niners and Broncos were playing a preseason game in Tokyo. And Terrell Davis ran down the field on punt coverage and knocked the shit out of the punt returner. And it was like, who's that? And it was like, oh, it's this undrafted running back, Terrell Davis. And his name sticks with you because of that yep. play. And then when he starts getting carries at running back, you're like, oh, yeah, well, it's, I remember Yeah, it him. sticks with the coaching staff as well. So I agree with you. That's really what to look for, especially on special teams. Because if you're making plays on special teams, it's going to get you some looks in the regular offense. And that's how you do find guys like a Stephon Diggs, who was like a fourth-round draft pick, or Terrell Davis. It happens every year. You get a guy who's pretty good on special teams, and then you, you know fast-forward four years and he's a pretty good NFL player. So that's what I look for, too, is those depth guys. And honestly, with the preseason, uh, I think I saw a quote the other day that said, like, coaches know about 45 to 46 players that are going to be on roster. It's finding those last, like, seven guys or whatever, you know, to make the roster. So you are looking for guys that can contribute on special teams. I, I saw a report about Denzel Mims and how he doesn't look too great yeah. in Jets training camp. And they're like, well, he can't play special teams either so uh he's on the bubble and i don't know if any of that was true but it is just an example of like special teams are a key spot in football that we sometimes forget about it's not the most sexy of the three but it's definitely very important so i like watching special teams i like watching kick coverage and and seeing what these guys can do and then watching guys get their opportunity to play in the regular offense or defense Miller, yeah. you're right. That's something we talk a lot about when we're evaluating receivers and corners for the draft, more so receivers than anything else, because you get guys like, uh, remember Hakeem Butler, where people are like, oh, I love this guy. And you, you start to break it down. It's like, okay, well, he's not fast enough to be a one or a two, and he can't play special teams. So, like, what what becomes of him, you know? And it, that's just the first name that came to mind. I'm not trying to point him out. But then there are other players where they actually get bumped up because they can play special teams. And so I, I do think that's something to look for. And then also just, like, poise, especially, like, at quarterback or in the secondary. Like, guys who aren't – like, the moment isn't too big, you know, where they look comfortable out there. And I think, you know, with Russell Wilson, with Gardner Minshew, guys who've 
impressed in their you know rookie preseasons it's been that they were just so damn poised out there that you couldn't overlook what they were doing no i like that i mean i'm excited that football is just back in general um i really don't like i honestly i feel like after last year i'm like i will watch whatever football wants me i know earlier you said you didn't even want to watch the like the hall of fame stuff but like the hall of fame game like any form of football that i could absorb was like where i was at um when we reached like this sort of okay, it's starting to get here. It's creeping up. I was like, you know what? I will literally absorb any. I mean, I literally keep live training camp stuff on all day long on NFL Network just to keep yep. like hearing Same. the stuff that's going on. It's like the, it repeats later in the day too and I still hear it, but I'm like, oh, it's football season. Or like We've today, the Senior Bowl put out their watch list. Oh. And it's like, I as soon as we're done with this podcast today, like that's what I will spend the rest of my day doing is just nerding out over that list and like checking my list to yeah, make sure that they don't have any guys that I don't have. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like even today, they like did the quarterback watch list, and I was just like freaking out about it, you know. So did did either of you read the um, Bruce Feldman's uh, CFB freaks list? Oh yeah, oh. that's my bible. And so that's hundred one of them. And he, I, I remember it. it used to be like 25, but I was talking to uh, Bruce about it last year, actually. And I was like, dude, this list helps me so much because, and maybe here's a peek behind my process curtain. If Ooh, there are two players at a position tied, and I have in my like spreadsheet for players, I have a, a column for if they're on Bruce's freaks list, because guess wow. what? NFL teams read it and you're always going to take the better athlete. So yeah. with my job, I'm trying to get, as many pieces to the puzzle flipped over and put together for me as possible, right? So that freaks list helps because you can look at it and say, okay, Evan Neal, I know he's good. I know he's going to be a three-year starter at Alabama. I know that the intangible grades are off the charts. Oh, but here's what they're saying about his athleticism. That just helps me get a, a more complete picture of who that player is. This stuff helps. It helps a lot. And uh, I did the same thing. I'll make a little note in there and i'll just put like fl freaks list on there and i love how much he included like oh this this guy's 40 time this is what he was running so even like a guy like malik willis who was a phenomenal athlete it's like okay i can go in there and check i believe it was like a, a four five forty or like desmond ritter was on there they're about the same speed one a much better runner than the other but it's nice yeah. to just see like okay here's a roundabout so when we get into january and people start asking like wait what's this guy running the 40 You've got an idea because that information can be very hard to find. And also, you mentioned Desmond Ritter. I'm writing a mock draft just because I hadn't done one in a while and missed it. And so I reached out to some people. It's like, hey, who's your QB1? Because there's no consensus. I had three people tell me Desmond Ritter was their QB1. Really? One person said Sam Howell, and about seven people said Spencer Rattler. So, but (laughs) those three seem to be the consensus top three headed into the year. But, um, man, there's a lot of people that like Spencer Rattler out there. A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot. One person and, did say, if you could ignore what he was on that TV show in high school, if you, like, forgot that that existed, there would be no debate. But, like, that he probably will rub people the wrong way. Yeah. As a 17-year-old. Like, but, like, we've talked about this on the show. Like, some people need to be that way to, like, rev themselves up to be where they are on yep. the field. They sort of have to, like, get in that mentality. There's a bunch of, like, great athletes that have sort of done that. But, um... Guys, Elijah Moore has a list of his own, and it is of all the players that were drafted above him. Um, And he has a list of that so that he can motivate himself to do well. I've seen multiple people say that this guy could easily be Rookie of the Year. Like, multiple people say that. I I know it seems tough with the team that he's on, all the questions there, but... And there's a lot of really great rookies, obviously, but... 
Um, I just love that he like has the receipts and is like totally open about it. Rookie of the year is almost always a quarterback. Yeah, almost, it's, always. It's, and so it, even with Justin and Jefferson to that point, last year. Right. But for, so if, and I love Elijah Moore. And unfortunately, as we're recording, he was like limping off the field. I think at camp today, I saw a tweet about. So oh, hopefully no. he's okay. But for him to have a good year, Zach Wilson would have, to have, have, to have, have a good year. Yeah, that's fair. Right? So for the most part, I mean, he'd have to have a decent year. I think Zach Wilson could still throw a lot of interceptions. And Elijah yeah. Moore could be good, but I do like the fact yeah. that it's like you said, he's keeping receipts. Uh, what was I think the report was that like he has the name of every receiver drafted above him written mm-hmm. on his mirror, so he sees it, you know, every morning brushing his teeth. And yeah. I like that. I I like that guys have a chip on their shoulder, or you know, I'm sure that he also Same. has like articles or notes saved where it's like, oh, people said I was too small. People said this. People said that. People said I shouldn't piss like a dog in the end zone hand up right. but uh i do, right. i like yeah. it and I, I like the player and it sounds like he's having a great training camp too so i love him. i wouldn't be surprised if yeah. maybe not like rookie of the year might be tough but i do think that he could come down as the number one rookie wide receiver uh, yeah. regardless no, like it, he, he might be wide receiver one for the jets this year and i saw yeah. our buddy daniel jeremiah went to jets camp and said that he looked like tyler lockett which wasn't like a comp that i had ever like thought of or seen before but then I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I really thought he reminded me of DJ Moore with the Panthers uh, just because yeah. he's, like, small but tough. But the Tyler Lockett one, if he's Tyler Lockett, even Jets the, fans can be pretty happy. The Jets put up, like, a camera thing. I'm not real sure what they're doing. But the question was, like, who's the who has the fastest 40? And a I lot of the guys this. that, like, weren't joking around, like, the offensive linemen, they're like, oh, it's me or it's Mekhi Becton. We're like, oh, Elijah Moore, definitely him. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm rooting for him for sure. No, I love that he has a list. I also love that, like, he doesn't necessarily need one because it wasn't like he was, like, incredibly overlooked. You know what I mean? Early second round pick. I know, exactly. So I think I love that guys, like, create those. I think I I was probably, it was the Bills, right? That they basically had everyone sit down who's like, coaches sit down if you've ever been fired. Um, Guys sit down if you've ever been cut or traded. Um, I forget what the last one was or whatever, and it and was, it was just like Josh Allen Josh was Allen. the only one standing. And I was yeah. like, Josh, how many scholarships did you have coming out of high school? He was like, none. And so, yeah, yeah. sit your ass down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mitch no, Trubisky like, should have also been standing uh, because he did not get cut or traded. Or traded. But and he was a five-star player. Yeah, but it, I think he also knew, like, ah. Eh, but which is also cut. pretty telling, though, because it's like, it's Mitch Trubisky, so you mm-hmm. really don't necessarily want to be in his situation. And, <laughs> right. As, like, like, a player. He had all that, people, that. Yeah, yeah, they were looking at Trubisky and like, hey, he shouldn't have sat down. But you also kind of realize the point your coach is trying to get across. To make, and you yeah. don't want to be like, that. well, actually, I right. was. <laughs> no, like, I, like oh, I get what you're doing, coach. You just were. I'm going to sit the fuck right. down. So, yeah. I yeah. They didn't pick up your fifth-year option. You were cut. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. Yeah. You didn't get it resigned. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that counts. And I think I again, did see like Trubisky. He was like, it feels so good to be somewhere I'm wanted. You were the number <laughs> two pick in the NFL draft, selected ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and your fucking team traded up to get you. You were wanted. You just sucked. Like, you don't get to be like, oh, no one wanted me. Motherfucker, read a book. <laughs> they wanted you. They traded up to draft you. What are you saying? No one wanted you. That's what we're going with. Like, come on. Do you remember last week when we were like, uh, yeah, let's try <laughs> yeah. to cut back on the language a little bit. <laughs> that one got me. I was no one wanted you. What? They wanted you till you sucked. Yeah. And most people in that draft had him QB one too. Like, not. To I like, did. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, a lot of people did. I, I had him over Mahomes, so. God, I hope, I hope Professor Matt clips that one out. That Twitter will is, love that. That was so <laughs> funny. This show is completely off the rails today. Um, I had a point, and I just, like, it's gone now because Matt's like, read a book. Like, oh, my gosh. Sorry. Love you, Mitch. <laughs> Mitchell. Sorry, Mitchell. Oh, well, no, I didn't remember what I was going to say. Maybe it's guys like that that should create chips on their shoulder. Like, you were yeah, picked high. Yeah. You were a touted recruit. Like, maybe mm-hmm. you should give yourself some of that motivation. So, props to Elijah Moore. Um, Russell, what's his name? Jamarcus Russell. Uh, if he would have fallen in the draft, if he would have went like pick 30 overall and came into the league with a chip on his shoulder instead of in his belly, uh, he'd probably still be in the league. Because, I mean, <laughs> athletic talent, the arm that was there, he just he got so overconfident, I, I feel like, and I don't know him or anything, but like, that he thought he was the guy. And like, oh, I, I'm the number one overall pick. Like, I don't have to try. I don't have to look at my playbook, so I'm not going to. Whereas guys like Aaron Rodgers, Huge chip on his shoulder. Like, I don't know what his story would have been if he would have been the first overall draft pick. He could have came in riding high, and we don't know. Yeah. Right? Like, Ryan Leaf. If Ryan Leaf had been the 26th pick instead of the second and not trying to live up to Peyton Manning. You know, if he'd Mm -hmm. just been, like, another guy in that draft, would it have been different? Maybe not, because he had some, like, demons he was dealing with, but... Maybe. That would actually be a good episode to do, like, a what-if episode and pick, like, the biggest what-ifs in sports and sort of give your, like, synopsis of what you think... Mm -hmm. Like, would have happened? Maybe we'll do that at some Like, point. what if the Niners had traded a broke-ass Joe Montana two years before they did? Yeah, we'll go with things that don't include you shitting on your team. That, now I also love that you used that that's my legacy team. Oh, okay, so now we're labeling I, <laughs> your, your Fairweather fandomness as legacy. You're a legacy fan. Yeah, I'm a Jerry Rice right. fan. Right, okay, yeah, sure. Um, guys, the first uh, coaching poll came out for college football it looks pretty much like we thought it was going to, but I saw a lot of discussion online about whether or not we should just get rid of preseason polls. I don't know. I think maybe we should just get rid of the coaches poll. I'm not really sure what it's used for, to be honest with you. I don't. I don't. Right. We all know that they don't even do it themselves. They have someone else do right. it for them. Um, yeah. So, which might be uh, actually better off because they're not watching all these watching games, games anyway. Yeah. Like Nick Saban's yeah. not staying up to watch USC. He's not going to face I mean, them. Probably, We're yeah, not going to put that on Nick. Let's pick a different coach. Dabo's not staying up to watch yeah. USC. No, okay, I, so. I don't blame him for not doing it. There's no reason for him to. So why is he voting on like how good USC is? It's stupid. And like you said, most of these guys, they're not even doing it themselves. Like They have an intern who's like, oh, hey, make sure you submit that vote. Or honestly, Nick Saban would probably, or any head coach, they probably just don't even know when that vote is supposed to be submitted. They're just like, eh, right. that's another task. Make sure it's done. Yeah, I don't, I don't see the point in coaches' polls, but I like preseason polls because I enjoy how mad people get. Yeah. People get so angry. They're like, well, this is what's going to change, especially Texas A&M fans. I'm sorry. I hate to call you guys out, but like, no, that's it's... The, it's it's so annoying. It's like, okay, you get to rest on the fact that there was only four teams allowed in last year and you guys weren't one of them, but you're like, but if there were more, you'd be in mm-hmm. and the, all the things. Um yeah, it just blows my mind that people get so upset, and it's actually more entertaining because I don't take any like stock in it. And I'm not worried about what who's ranked where because I know how right. it's going to end up. I think you should care way more about the um, the college football playoff rankings that come out yeah. like in November I like when the they way start. They do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that they way. wait. But, but even like the way they do it, it's still like you can tell that it's kind of favored. Like, okay, you were the preseason number one. Exactly. Like, that oh, you can't yeah. erase it from your mind. Right. That's like. 
Alabama's a bad example, but like Texas A&M being sixth in the coaches poll, like that gives them like credibility almost. So like yeah. that will people will look at that and be like, well, they're ranked sixth to start the year, and they I don't think they should be. And A&M is loaded; they are absolutely loaded, except for a quarterback. And so I think that's the biggest question for them. Like Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Clemson, and Alabama, the teams ranked ranked ahead of them. Outside of Ohio State, where they have like four elite recruits competing for the quarterback job, those other schools all have a quarterback yeah, returning. They're pretty, sick. you know, who's pretty damn good. So well, even like, I think I know that a lot of people will look at it and be like, "Oh, you guys just hate A and M." I do think that they're overrated. Like you said, they're not returning a quarterback. Uh, Kellen Mond graduated, got drafted. They're also missing four offensive linemen. So, I, like, why are we looking at what they did last year and being like, oh, they yeah. could do this again? Like, this is a totally different team. Same could be said with Notre Dame, who lost Ian Book and, you know, a lot of guys off of their team. Man, Mike and Bird. That's another team that is yeah. probably just a little bit overrated. Or even, like, let's keep going down the list. Like, North Carolina, they lost two <laughs> running backs, two wide receivers. But yeah. it's so much of, like, well, what did you do last year? When really, like, Cincinnati and Iowa State Cincinnati. are going to be tough this year. Cincinnati Florida bringing back be... Emory Jones. I think Cincinnati should be a top six team. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I would say this, though. It's probably because we're so focused on the draft and pay so much attention to the draft that that's why our take is that way, just because we see how much talent they actually lose. And it's not like everybody's in Alabama where you have someone that's a shoe-in and going to take over that spot and be fine. And even right. in those situations, you don't know if it's going to pan out because you're not, you don't have the same player, you don't have the same players playing together. There's all these different factors into like how much talent you actually lose. So I think a lot of fans do look at, oh, well, we made progress last year, but it's like, yeah, you made progress last year, but you lost guys. So you're, you may or may not make right. progress this year. It's just part of it. Can I ask a question? Sure. Why is LSU ranked 13th? I have no idea. I have zero, because zero because of, of who they are. The LSU, the L, the S, and the U. Because of Joe Burrow five from five two years year. ago. <laughs> right. And lost the quarterback. Right. I don't I don't understand that one. Or, like, Indiana had a good year last year. They shouldn't be 17th. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. They, they bring back a lot of talent, I, I like so I can Indiana. get on board with that one. But I don't know, man. LSU is worse. And because it's it's mm. like Indiana, like, they wouldn't put Indiana there if they weren't supposed to be in there. I think LSU is legitimately just because it's LSU. You know what I mean? Like, Indiana at yeah. least... It's not known for great football. No offense, guys, but um, or basketball to our Hoosiers, our Hoosiers listeners. But um, yeah, I think it's solely about name, and that's the part that bothers me about the preseason polls is that it is a lot of like, like you say, scout the player, not the helmet. Um, it's definitely something that I feel like is solely based on on name. Hey, we uh, are going to talk team about that I'm uh, like keeping an eye on. That's going to be like an underdog is Nevada. I think they're going to be really good this year. So watch out for Carson Strong in Nevada. Nevada. Oh, Nevada's loaded. Loaded. They bring back 10 starters, and the only non-starter that comes back is a right guard who's a redshirt senior. They're yep. loaded on offense. So Watch out for Nevada. Any other sleepers you guys got? We're not previewing NFL next, so not. Cincinnati is that, my. That school that just joined the SEC. Who's that? Oklahoma. Oklahoma? <laughs> oh, the better one. <laughs> Oklahoma? <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just, ha, ha, ha. So funny. All right. Well, we will take a break right now, and then we're going to come back and preview the NFC East and actually talk about football. But I guarantee you there's some place in there where we get sidetracked. 
Okay, guys, we are going to talk a little bit more football in this portion of the podcast. We are previewing the NFC East, and Matt is going to be the first go-around, starting with the Cowboys. Yeah, this is a tough division to talk about because there's so many question marks, so many unknowns, but the Cowboys over-under set at 9. I'm going to go over. I hate that we're doing this while Dak Prescott is having a precautionary MRI done. Um yep. You just don't know what's going to happen there. If Dak is out for any amount of time, I would take the under on this. If Dak is is out there, I'm taking the over. My fantasy guy, drumroll please, is Dak Prescott. I do think he's primed for a huge year, if healthy. There's a big asterisk on this. But you get Tyron Smith back at left tackle. The, the offensive line is solidified now. You have CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. You've got three I mean, maybe the best receiving core in the NFL, a great running back behind you in Zeke Elliott. So I think Dak, especially in a league like ours, Mello, where quarterbacks are such big point scorers, you know, if he throws for 4,000 or 4,200 yards and 25 touchdowns, it's a big year for him in terms of fantasy. Um, So I I think Dak could definitely do that again. 17 games, has to stay healthy. Uh, My breakout candidate, though, is C.D. Lamb. He was one of my favorite receivers coming out in that 2020 class. I think his physicality sets him apart from guys, you know, even like a Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, who have also struggled at times. If we can get CeeDee Lamb on the field for 17 games, I would not be shocked if he were the best receiver on this team. And that is saying something, because Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are pretty damn good in their own right. But I think we see 88 emerge as their go-to weapon in the passing game this year. And for a fantasy and a real football perspective, I think he'll be the dude. Yeah, and he's actually who I went with for my fantasy guy. I do think we're going to see a huge leap from him. So uh, how about all that talk for people that say we have an Oklahoma bias? Both of us love uh, <laughs> C.D. Lamb, and I have. Once even they when leave he was at, Norman. Yeah, when he was at Oklahoma, man, it just terrified me. And it, like, find the clip. You can tweet it at me of, like, four Texas Longhorns around him, and then the caption of, he scored on this play. I mean, that's how good he was at Oklahoma. I think we're going to see him continue to emerge with the Cowboys and hopefully with a healthy Dak. Like, I just, I like Dak Prescott. I root for him. Uh, so I'm going to take the over on the Cowboys as well. I think they can win this division. Uh, I think it got, it improved. It's still not great, but I don't think it's going to be the laughing stock that it was last year. So I'm going to take the over on nine wins. C.D. Lamb is my fantasy guy. And uh, Trevon Diggs as my breakout guy. Now, I think that he's somebody who's still kind of like trying to figure out like the ins and outs of playing the cornerback position. Uh, I know he played there at Alabama, but he also like split time at receiver. So he's still trying to figure it out. Um, and I, I really like those Diggs brothers. Those Diggs brothers. Um, you guys are big on the brothers. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I also took the over very hesitantly just because – I like you said, this division is very difficult because in the sense of like there's so many unknowns. Like with Dak, it's like I don't know. And I'll get to my my picks, but then we'll definitely need to discuss that like very awkward tweet that they sent out from their official account about his injury. Um, which I think they were trying to be funny, but I don't really I don't know. It was very strange. Um, but my fantasy guy is Zeke. I know he had a down year last year, but he's never actually finished out of like the top 11 running backs in terms of fantasy even having a down year so I think and being injured I I think he's a solid choice to go with and then my breakout candidate I know someone asked who like my college football like player was like my Najee Harris of of this year and for NFL I'm probably going to go with Micah Parsons just because we're getting to know him um on hard knocks but the other part of it too is that like like I said he opted out of the 2020 season and to see him sort of 
not really have any rust. I think that was like a big concern for a lot of people in terms of like draft workouts and all of that stuff. He seemed like he was doing great. He also is extremely versatile. I know it's weird to say about linebackers, but um, he just can't, he's incredibly talented and they can use him in so many different ways that I think it's just going to be an awesome year for him. And also I just love that his mom is so cute and like, I think he's going to be a rookie of the year. That was like the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. So Mike Parsons is my breakout candidate pick. And speaking of awkward tweets, uh, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, uh, yeah, it's just a precaution, nothing to be concerned about. Dak's gonna have another MRI. It's like, or I'm sorry, it's not a setback. It's not a reason to worry. Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. And I saw several former NFL players tweeting is like, you don't just get in an MRI machine for the fun of it. And I've had an MRI before. It's not fun. It's no. scary. It's, it's loud. loud. It's shit. a waste of time. Like, it is time-consuming. It's it's not a pleasant experience. And as a quarterback, I don't think you're just hopping in to get an MRI on your shoulder if everything's okay. So, uh, precautionary or not, Dak, uh, coming back from the ankle injury, now has a shoulder injury, which well, is something— Wednesday. Even on Wednesday, there was reports of like, oh, man, he's throwing the football again. Like, that's that's a great sign. And then Thursday morning, it's, oh, well, he's actually he's going to have an MRI. Or the fact that the Cowboys are like, hey, Texas Rangers, like, have y'all seen anything like this before? Because yeah. this is kind of new for yeah. us. So it is very concerning. And I think, obviously, Cowboys fans are really starting to feel it. I know in the beginning, it was like, oh, he's just got some shoulder soreness. Like, he was out all last year. So I figured it was just maybe a little bit of tendonitis, but – uh, I don't think you hop into an MRI for tendonitis. And the fact that it's been so lingering, like, what is it, week, two weeks now that we're we're dealing with him not practicing, he's not traveling for the Hall of Fame game. So yeah. I, I thought that he, after the Hall of Fame game he would be back to regularly scheduled practices, but uh, this this is a big concern. I know the Cowboys are trying to downplay it, but I do think this is a growing concern for them. And you hope well, it's nothing because yeah. like, I love Dak. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL. Uh, Love him as a player. You, you hope it's nothing, but from an unbiased, zero like concern for that team, I have no bias as far as the Cowboys go, it is concerning. It's like you can be rooting for the player and still be like, this is a little scary, and hopefully it's nothing. Yeah. Well, especially because, like they said, even on Hard Knocks, they were saying, like, oh, we think it's muscular. Let's just be extra cautious. I think they, like you said, they talked to the Rangers and the Yankees, and they see a lot of this kind of stuff, and they're like, no, take extra precaution. So, like, I think – They've been taking extra precaution. It still is bothering him. So I think that is where there needs to be concern a little bit. And I'm like you said, I hope for the best and hope that this isn't the case, especially after, you know, everything that happened contract-wise and, you know, everything in terms of his other injury. Like, you just – you want these things to be positive in the story we sort of want of the, the comeback from all of this. But – and not to have it be, like, hindered by, like, a completely unrelated injury to your arm. But that is kind of essential when you're a quarterback, right? It is important. Let's move on to those Philadelphia Eagles over under set at six and a half. I'm going to take the under, although I feel like this line is like really good. Like six and a half is, I had to think about this one a lot and look at their schedule and be like, how many wins do I see here? Just a lot of question marks at the quarterback position with Jalen Hurts taking over. It doesn't feel like they're super committed to him. Um, even their their left tackle, Andre Dillard, went down with an injury, I believe, on Wednesday in training camp. Hopefully he's back soon. It just seems like a team that can't stay healthy. They're like the NFC's version of the LA Chargers where you can love their talent, but they just can't stay healthy. As far as fantasy guys, Miles Sanders, I think we see him get a bump back year. I don't know how much they're going to love their passing game. I think we'll probably see Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders run for a lot of yards this year, but he is the player who I think getting him back for a full season 
or even close to a full season. If you can get him for three-fourths of it, he can be a, a productive fantasy back. He's not going to be like an RB1 candidate for me, um, but he is an intriguing RB2 candidate, I think. So if you have a league that's still running two backs like ours is, then I, I think he's a good candidate. Now, breakout guy, I did go with Jalen Hurts. The things I've heard this offseason, the work that he's done, the changes that he's continued to make to his throwing motion, uh, I think they only help. And I go back to, like, there's no tangible way to, to like weigh this or measure it. They played so much harder with him at quarterback last year than they did Carson Wentz. It just seemed like there was more energy on the field. felt like guys were going much harder for him than they were for Wentz. And I feel like the bar is set pretty low for Jalen Hurts, like where he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be – he has to get a little bit better every couple of weeks. So I do think he can do that, and I'm rooting for him. Again, this is two Oklahoma players I have as my breakout two candidates. Of two yeah. of them, okay? And two of them. I, I, I do – I do like Jalen Hurts a lot, and I, I want to see good things for him. <laughs> I do, too. I agree with you. I really like Jalen Hurts. Like, his character is just off the charts and his leadership. So I, I do think that there is something to it. Like, when he came in, that the team did start playing a little bit more, uh, playing a little harder. So uh, I like him, too, but I am going to take the under on the six and a half. Uh, somebody just has to be the dog in the division, and I, I think it might be the Eagles this year, which might be a good sign. Uh, you know, this isn't a team that's going to contend for the Super Bowl, and you don't want to be in that lingering like we're eight and five or you know eight and eight, whatever it's going to be this year, eight mm-hmm. and nine. So I, I think getting another high draft pick, maybe even getting that first round draft pick from the Colts in return. Uh, I think it sets you up for the future. So I am going to take the under this year. Fantasy guy, I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard, the tight end there. I think that he steps up, becomes that tight end one in this offense. I think Jalen Hurts can find him early and start to develop some kind of rapport there to where he is a big-time target. And that, Now, I, I don't mean take him super high in your draft, but uh, maybe you know at the end of the draft or maybe if you've really sat around and waited for that tight end position, snatch him up, throw him on your bench, uh, at least keep him away from other teams. So Dallas Goddard, my fantasy guy. And breakout candidate, a little biased because we had this gentleman on our, our show here, uh, Milton Williams. I uh, really fell in love with him throughout the draft process and his versatility to learn behind guys like Fletcher Cox, but also Brandon Graham. It's like you don't know where he's going to play on the defensive line. So he has some great tutors in front of him at both those spots. So I think that he's the guy that we're going to be looking at next year like, we can start to build around him. He can be a part of this defensive line's future because Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are just getting old, and eventually you're going to have to turn to somebody else. I think Milton Williams can be that guy. Big Milt. Um, I took the under as well, guys. Shocking, right? Um, I picked the same person for fantasy and breakout candidate, and it will be to the surprise of no one that I chose Devontae Smith, and here's why. Because, one, I love that he – um, is back with his guy in Jalen Hurts. I think if Jalen Hurts has a good year, it's a good year for Devontae Smith. I think um, I am looking forward to breaking the narrative of Devontae Smith not being big enough because he played at Alabama and against SEC players, so I don't – I mean, I understand he's small, but, like, he he did what he did, and we, we got to see one of the most incredible um, college football seasons from him. So I am fully rooting for Devontae Smith thinking that he will do well and would pick him for fantasy candidate and breakout candidate. I like it. Just roll find, tide. Find something you're good at and <laughs> stick with it. That's him. Uh, the New York Giants, over under seven wins. That would be in a 7-10 and 10 season. I'm going with the over. I could see this being a close 500 doesn't exist in football anymore. That's going to be it so does, weird. It's to, tough. Yep. There's no such thing anymore. But I could see them getting eight <laughs> wins. 
I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones fan. I do hope we see him hey, take the, a step up this year. I took a page out of Paige's playbook. How do you like that? <laughs> and my fantasy guy, my breakout guy, same player. Kenny Galladay, you're going to be shocked to hear this, is hurt again. The New York Giants don't have many other options in the passing game. Kadarius Toney, I think, steps up and is that dude. Y'all remember, I was a Florida fan last year. Kadarius Toney. Say- is fantastic. And he's the type of receiver that can take those short gains, turn them into something after the catch. He can become that safety valve that this team desperately needs. And I'm just going to say it, this front office, this regime, they need some wins. They need some some of these draft picks to start hitting because – so far, it's not looked good. They also just need some people to stop retiring. So we, if we could wish that into the yeah. universe for them. But I think Kadarius Tony. rarely do I say rookie wide receivers can be big fantasy guys, but I think that we could see him be that player this year. Yeah. It, also, thanks me, to Big I, Country for slamming that door. I hope everybody heard that. That was so that. funny. What was that? No, he, why is, why is, he actually huh? saved the day. <laughs> oh, okay. come in the office. But, oh, okay. um, yeah, Giants, I'm taking the over. As well. I like what they're building there. I think that there's a potential for them to maybe even win this division. I Like you said, not the biggest supporter of Daniel Jones. I'm not really either, but I also think that like, maybe he can be good enough to win this division for them. So I'm going to take the over, but I think it is it's a very good set at seven to where they could win seven, eight games. But I, I'm going to take the over on it, and I like what they're building. And they also get Saquon back but my my fantasy guy i'm gonna stick with the receiver position as well i'm going with sterling shepherd we're three for three on OU guys here now look so at far. us um so, so i proud. do think that yeah, he can have another big year to where uh he kind of starts to emerge like he's almost like in tyler lockett company where he's underrated but he's also like the number one receiver like everybody wants to talk about galladay or darius slayton or any receiver that they have, but Sterling Shepard's been quietly getting it done. I know that he struggled with some injury uh, issues early, but he is going to be my fantasy guy. Again, that I don't need to draft him high, but I might just stash him on my bench and, and see what happens with him. As far as breakout guys go, I'll take another rookie that I love, and that's Aziz Alajari uh, out of Georgia. I like nice. his versatility to come Let's in see. rush off the edge. And in this Joe Judge defense where they really they like that versatility, I think he can be a huge breakout year guy where he's really pinning his ears back and rushing the passer to where maybe he's not playing on rundowns, but who cares? He still might have you know eight or nine sacks in a season as a rookie. So he's going to be my breakout player. So, the SEC bias for Melo, Oklahoma yeah. and Georgia. Exactly. Oh, nice. Right, right. Just had to get that in there anytime you guys can. Yep. Um it's not going to be cool when everybody joins the SEC, okay? Um, anywho. It kind uh, of will be. <laughs> no. Um, the, the Giants 7, I took the under. And I just think that, yes, I know this is a team that's trying to go through, like, a culture change and make things happen. And I just don't see it happening overnight, um, especially with all the people retiring. Like, I just find it to be a little odd. So I'm not sure that it's fully working. Um, so I'm taking the under on that one. I have very little faith. I feel bad because I, I love Danny Dimes, but and more so just in the sense that he is quirky um, and not in the sense of football, which makes sense. Um, but anyway, fantasy guy, I took Saquon Barkley. I think you sort of have to, even if he misses a few games, because I know he's coming back from injury, that's still like the the payoff for him being like the player that he can be is is plenty in fantasy so i i wouldn't be concerned about that i would definitely um take him and not even be worried if he missed a few games because i feel like you can make up for an in points after that 
Um, and then break up, break, whoa, break up candidate? That would be whoa. sad. Whoa. Um, whoa, I'm not thinking about a breakup candidate. First, you're talking about fantasy guys and now breakup guys. Breakup candidate. Wow. What? Can you tell us something? Do you have no. a just a tip question for us this week? <laughs> no, but we did actually have a good one that we're probably not going to get to because we're taking forever. Breakout candidate, I picked Xavier McKinney. I know they are stacked in the secondary and don't really necessarily need him, but I think in the small sample size that he did get to play last year, he played pretty well. And so I am going to to take Xavier McKinney for breakout candidate. Page likes Alabama. Breakup. Devontae Smith. <laughs> Xavier McKinney. All right, let's and go to Penn, Washington. And Penn State. And Penn State. And Penn Micah State. Parsons yes. and Tacoma. Oh, whatever. And remember how I was just yelling at people for names and you only isn't being yeah. picking big names? That's my bad, guys. Right. My bad. Scouting uh, helmet. Let's go Washington football team. Over under eight and a half. I'm going to take the over. This defense is just so good. And I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick will be the distributor that they need offensively where, hey, man, just get the ball accurately to all these playmakers that you have because they, they do have a lot now. Adding you know, what they've done in the offseason, I think Curtis Samuel is going to be really, really good for them. Um, so I'm going to take the over on wins. My fantasy guy, I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. And I know in our league, Mello, we draft this evening on Friday. Antonio Gibson is ranked as the number 12 running back as far as the rankings that I saw for fantasy. If he's there, uh, if, if he's the 12th running back drafted, he will be on my team, the Tampa Bay Goats, because uh, I think he has a great That's year in terms of— That's your fantasy team name? I usually pick a team name that pokes all the Chiefs fans. Last year, my team name was hashtag run it back. So um, I just make fun of Chiefs fans. I do think that Antonio Gibson will have a huge year in terms of receptions and rushing. Let's remember yes. this dude, what he was at Memphis, and that I think once he finally gets like number one back touches, he's going to break out. And then my breakout candidate, one of my favorite players last year, Jamin Davis. Uh, we've seen off-ball linebackers get paid this offseason, Fred Warner, Darius Leonard. Just go ahead and say in four years it's this dude because I think he's going to be a baller. And when you have that D-line in front of you, uh, all you got to do is clean up the trash, and I think he has a huge year. Yeah. Uh, as far as over-under goes, I'm going to take the under, but I don't feel real confident in it. At eight and a half, I do like what Washington's building, and I think that they are a team that they might be a quarterback away. And Ryan Fitzpatrick will come in and be – good enough like, yeah, I don't think he's going to lose you a lot of games so I, I, I could definitely get on board with taking the over but I think they're still maybe a year out so I'm going to take the under on them as far as fantasy guys go I'm going with the tight end obviously a tight end always with me but um, I think he can have another breakout year I think he kind of had his breakout year last year to where this year you can look at him where I mean he's going very low in fantasy drafts and you could even stash him on, but I, I think he can be a starting tight end on your fantasy team. I really do, and uh, you could draft him very late. But I think Logan Thomas is going to have a huge fantasy year at the tight end position. Another guy who's really he's still kind of trying to figure out what to do at the tight end position, running routes, catching the ball over the middle. So fantasy guy Logan Thomas, uh, breakout player, I'm going with Montez Sweat. Uh, I loved him coming out of yep. Mississippi State. I thought that was a great draft pick. And like you said, this defense is just lights out. They're so good, and everybody's so worried about Chase Young that I think Sweat could come in off the other side and have a very good breakout season and remind people, like, this was a first-round draft pick off the edge, too. So uh, they're going to be very good all around on defense, but I'm going to take Sweat as my breakout guy. He was a big senior bowl guy, right? Yes. He was one of the guys that, like, had the, the huge senior bowl and people were freaking out about it. Um, totally remember that. Um, I took the under. I also, like you, Mello, am not fully committed to that and think this could be fine. I think um, 
I saw someone call Ryan Fitzpatrick Fitz instead of Fitz Magic. They called him Fitz Tragic. Um, on something I forget what I was watching. I was like, that's so sad. I think we could see. I think it's solid that they'll have at least a guy that they're going with here. Um, I and that is why my for my fantasy pick, I picked Terry McLaurin because I think two. Ryan Fitzpatrick is known for also picking one wide receiver and really sticking with it. And um, he's another Senior Bowl guy. Mm-hmm. Big Senior Bowl guys. That's where I also Scary am a big Terry. promoter of the Senior Bowl. Senior mm-hmm. Bowl here. Okay. And um, they drafted so yeah. Diami Brown, who was a Senior Bowl guy. So, Look at. Sorry. Go ahead. Plugging the Senior Bowl a lot today. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't think he's afraid to throw the ball, and I think that's going to make. I mean, he he had a good year without like having a solid quarterback in that rotation. There was like a constant carousel of who was playing. So um, I think that's a solid choice for fantasy. In terms of breakout candidate, I picked Antonio Gibson. Much like Matt said, I think too, Ron Rivera has been pretty successful with a hybrid back before. I'm trying to remember his name. It's shoot. uh, Christian. Derek Henry? No. Shoot. Christian McCaffrey. That's right. Um, So I think he can be successful. And also, like Matt said, I mean, not only in the run game, but also in receiving. So my breakout candidate is Antonio Gibson. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think we need to get to that great just the tip question because now I'm curious. And that's curiosity killed the cat. I don't want to die. Okay. What's it just? I'm already already late for my meeting. There's also like a drum in my ear. Do you guys hear that? Is that you, Matt? I don't hear anything. It was definitely Matt. <laughs> no, I, no, it sounded like there's a mellow. It's mellow. It's no, mellow. My hands right here. <laughs> I was trying Show to find the just okay. a tip and question. <laughs> anyway, Make room do you Jesus, want me to pull y'all. up the just a tip question, or did you? I got it. I, I was trying to find it. Um, okay. If my wife here, I'm not gonna. He put it on Twitter. I'm not gonna out him for it though his wife might listen to the show if my wife and mother are arguing about how to handle a parenting situation and i agree with my mother how can i say so and not alienate my wife uh, very curious to hear your guys's answers i've been in this situation and let me tell you i didn't handle it the right way i sided um, with the mom i'm now divorced so sound off i don't think you can side like, I think you have to, like, let this one sit and simmer, and then you just try to, like, massage it, like, you know, to, like, curve it back to where you want it to go. But, man, I I don't know. That's tough. You almost that just is. have to, like, reword what your mom said. Yes. You yes. have to make it your make idea. Make it your own. I was just going to say That's what I was it. saying. Yeah. You got to make it your own You need to make it thing. your idea. You need yeah. to make it something that you are passionate about, and this is why, and have reasoning, not just that your mom says that. Also, like you gotta fight. You gotta learn what battles to fight. And that's like, a that parenting my... one, though. If that's something you're like. No, no, no. Like, that's a life thing. I think. Like, no, you no, no, pick no, your no, battles. no, no, no. I mean, like this. If it's about your kid, like obviously this is something that they he is passionate about. Otherwise, he would let it go. I think that's the point. Is that like I want to know what if, the when thing it comes is. to your kid. It's not like oh, my mom agrees that we should you know, have date night twice a week. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like silly stuff like that. This is a parenting call. So I would, and if you're passionate about it, you can say I'm the parent though. So I still also make those choices. And I don't know, I'm pretty good at confrontation. So I'm not worried, but I would understand why you would be afraid. Having, you know, co-parented a couple times and I love our mother. She's a very involved mom. Um, She's still a grandma and like, they don't always have like 
2020 vision when it comes to parenting anymore. Like they would have beat our ass for things that they encouraged my son to do. <laughs> so like, I also think I you got to have that my conversation kids with her around. So, oh yeah, no, I, get it. <laughs> I wouldn't let my son eat straight candy last Sunday without eating a meal first. And I could tell she was annoyed at me, you know, and it was like, <laughs> he's got to eat. Like he has to eat real food. Like I'm not making him eat things he doesn't like. I'm just trying to make him eat real food. So, um, yeah, that's the other side of it is you might want to think about like, what do you agree with your mom because she's right? Or do you agree because she's your mom and you're programmed to know, agree with her? Yeah, I want to know what yeah. the actual like parenting situation is. If we could get mm. that, if they could send that in for us, yeah. maybe the DM it's so like, it's a little private. Kid, yeah, should our kid go to bed at 830 or 9? And you're like, oh, yeah. no, mom said 9 is nine, fine. Yeah. Just yeah. fucking eight forty-five. Like, that thing, right? Yeah, but it's like if you should discipline your kid this way or this way, like maybe also, you got to be consistent you, there. They will take advantage of you. Okay, so you got to be together. Man, you're with your wife hopefully forever. Like mom did her job. Like, yeah, I know. No. <laughs> Looking at present company excluded, you're gonna hope. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, good luck, man. I mean, Beer's my mom's me. always I'll right. I'll twenty bucks so. for some beer. I hate I hate that my mom is always right because usually I'm like no she's not right and then I do it the other way and then eventually she is right so I've just sort of learned that um, about my mother so I feel like I would take like a decent amount of advice from her but if like my husband disagreed I would hope future husband I don't have one now um, just want to make sure that's clear uh, I would hope that he would come to me and be like hey I actually think this is this is why I would want to make this parenting decision and not don't mention anyone's mom I look at yeah at us Melo and our parents are to blame for all that we are. So I just don't take parenting advice from them at all. It's like, look what you created. You want me to listen to you about parenting? <laughs> you did this to me. Look at us. Look at us. I mean, you guys aren't terrible. They, they were, they did a good job <laughs> with what they had to work with, right? There's only I mean, there four boys in the house. The <laughs> only right. a couple of us have been arrested. This isn't a Nick Saban situation where they just gotta like, make sure everybody shows up and you have elite talent. You know, this was a, this is a little bit of a rebuilding <laughs> job that they did here. This is, this is Mac Brown yeah. in North Carolina. <laughs> Maybe Mac Brown in Texas. <laughs> Maybe. A little less weed. Poor okay, cat. that's our show. We love our moms on the show. We will be back next week. Uh, just one a week for the moment. We'll be back next Friday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy football being back. Don't forget to subscribe on all the socials and wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you very, very soon.